pastors need to know when to sit down and just shut up. Welcome to the Pastor's Voice, I'm Rule Sample, and I'm passionate about Christian worldview. I continue my discussion with Dave Lutz, minister, church planter, and master trainer in leadership development. Today we talk about how important it is that pastors develop leaders within the church and how rewarding it can be when those same leaders tell those pastors to sit down. They have it from here. You know, something that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not saying this to make my, to pad my ego at all, but I was, in, again, back in South Africa, I, I was pastoring a church there, non-denominational, non-racial in the midst of apartheid, which was really a challenge. Wow. Um, and I, I met up with my spiritual father, the guy who'd led me to the Lord some years before. And uh, we, he was, he was a habitual cheater at, uh, at, ping pong and lawn tennis uh but what a lovely man of god and he he brought me into the family and i was so grateful anyway so he and i were very jokey very sort of we he was my mentor he's my best friend my dad and we were talking and just having our usual sort of banter and a young student who was part of the dutch reformed church now the dutch reformed church the the duomini and the dutch reformed church is just a notch below the angels in terms of authority power and all the rest and he what he says goes uh and she was listening to this going back and forth and not asking any questions at all and she said to us in afrikaans which i can't remember how to say it now but she basically said and then we we translated it she said and and this is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. She said, Duomini, David, Duomini. She said to me, Duomini, Duomini, I believe you're the only Duomini I've ever met where I think if I scratch deep enough, I'll find a real person underneath. Interesting. And I thought, how sad, how nice, you know, but how sad that the leader was on the, was at the top of the pyramid and you sort of, it's, it's what we do in, in business and organizations, we have command and control structures and we have empowered structures. Command and control is militaristic. Do what I say and do it when I say it, Mm -hmm. Uh, when I say it, how I say it, you know, and it's, it's commanded down through the system. Whereas empowered is about being authentic, real, transparent, open, uh, caring, for those around you. Now, you, I can't care for 150 people personally. I have a role. I have a teaching, past, uh, preaching role, and I have yeah. a discipling role, and I have a mentoring role, but I can't care for everybody. But what she implied was that I was one step closer simply because I was human being. You know, I mean, <laughs> it was normal. I was a guy who actually cared and loved people and wanted to help people learn, grow, and improve, etc. So that was... That was a real, not an eye-opener to me, but it kind of echoed in my heart that I would love to develop and disciple and grow people like that in a fellowship. That um, transparent, real, authentic, um, what you see is what you get. Um, you don't have to be a superstar. You don't have to be on top of your game all the time. Uh, but if you're a team of people who have shared values, uh and believe that the equipping and developing of others, if we agree about how that should be done, well, then the load is shared. Uh, yeah. Sorry, one last thing. I've got, I just wrote this in my book. Sorry, I, uh, I was uh, that same fellowship that I was pastoring, the non racial, non denominational group in South Africa. Um, I had been working with my 10 or 12 leaders over that year 
and trying very hard to do what I've just said. Um, and anyway, we decided to go away for a weekend and we had a barbecue and had a glass of wine and we joking around. And finally, it was time to to meet, you know, have a formal sort of thing. And I sort of said, OK, guys, Sid, I got the things I want to share with you. And I got out my notes, as it were, got my Bible out. And one of the guys stood up and said, Dave, sit down and shut up. Uh, you're not doing this this weekend. We're doing it. You, you, you're, you're the, you've been giving, giving, giving. So take a break, man. Uh, you know, you, we don't need you to prove to us that you're the pastor and that you're smart and that you love God. So sit down and shut up. We're going to talk. We're going to minister to you. And I just sat back and basked, hey, basked in the, in the warmth of their love and care and really good teaching. And I did make a point. I said, you're teaching really well. You've had a good mentor, you know, let me just say that. But, uh, but we were friends. We were yes. brothers and friends. And I had, by the grace of God, had poured enough of my life into some of these guys that I didn't need. I'd worked myself out of that particular job. And it was a blessing, real blessing. So that is actually one of the answers to the question that I asked at the beginning is how can pastors develop their leadership? Yeah. And that's by developing leaders around them who themselves would be empowered to uh keep the pastor accountable to let him know when to st step back yep. when to say we don't we don't need you mm -hmm. uh what a wonder what a wonderful thing uh a matter of fact i i think every pastor should have at least one person from his high school or elementary <laughs> day who will oh um, no please no <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know because it really is an ego trip to be a pastor. Yeah, church. It can it really be, is. really can be. And, 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 and go ahead. Sorry, go on. Uh, if 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 pastors don't don't develop this style early, then they're going to fall into that idea of that young lady who said to you, "Well, you actually are human," and and mm -hmm. and they're, they're never going to make a connection. And burnout is on the cards. Um, ineffectiveness you end up then throwing a bucket of milk out if you get some you get if you don't you don't if you uh you're you 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 drift into patterns and repetition i know i did when i when i had no choice but to be the leader for a while mm -hmm. i found that i was uh wasn't fresh i wasn't here i was i was preaching according to what the sort of next chapter required us to preach on without hearing where the people were at and what they needed to hear, what they needed from me. And so I got into a regimen that that was much more mechanical, much less compassionate, uh, much more programmed. And, I, and yeah, it only took a few people to say in the nicest way possible, you're not, I can't scratch you. You're too thick skinned at the moment. You can't hear me anyway. Um, so, I mean, I, I sound like I've got my act together. Um, uh, no, <laughs> because because I'm an A-type, triple-A-type personality who, you know, doesn't know how to quit and likes to drive rather than ride. Yes. Uh, yeah. But um, I'd like to think, I mean, all the work I'm doing with businesses and companies at the moment as a consultant, as a non in a non-Christian capacity, is about the servant leadership message, but how we as leaders of our corporations, our businesses need to help people discover their meaning, purpose, and focus for their lives and direction. And you, you solve two or three of those with 
the key people in your organization who you tr want to entrust with the future. Um, and you do that on a personal way rather than on a regimented militaristic way, command and control, you're going to keep your better people a lot longer and you're mm -hmm. going to be much more effective. And it will come back to bless you in financial terms as well as other terms. Um, uh, I've often said that if we're going to spend a third of our day, our time at work and a third of our time sleeping, eight hours, eight hours, and a third of our time doing something else, I mean, eight hours of sleep, what is that? But anyway, you get the idea. Um, it's probably a good idea that where I go to work allows me to come home and be for my family what they need me to be because uh, and to sleep better. I mean, it's it's not not rocket science. Uh it's interesting. I, when I went away, I used to go away a lot from here to the Middle East and I'd be away for two or three weeks and come home. And if I was delivering a training course to leaders in Iraq or Saudi Arabia or wherever, and it went well, I mean, I'm, I'm very passionate about good material and good connection with people. I don't lecture, I engage, blah, blah, blah. And if it went well and I came home, it was, it was often sometimes, they stopped doing it now, but they used to say after a couple of days, Dad, we really think you ought to go away more often. You know, I go, well, you know, thanks a bunch. <laughs> you know, what, do, what do you mean? I said, well, you've come home happy. You're tired. You're exhausted, but you're happy. We can feel it. We can sense it because you obviously enjoyed what you were doing. And we like this guy. We like this guy who who's come back with, okay, you, you can't give us the time of day. You fall asleep during the football game and we can't talk to you, but but nevertheless, this guy is content. He has peace. He enjoyed what he was doing. He's motivated by, you know, by his effort and the outcomes and the output. Uh, we like him. And I'm trying to help companies discover that, that um, a job description for a leader is one where he knows when to stop. And he knows when to play to his strengths. He knows when to uh, to back off because he doesn't can't do it. It's not that you can don't need to be omnicompetent. Surround yourself with people smarter than you, who have gifting that you don't have. And that's that's really troubling for some leaders. They find that very threatening and very a big risk. What if they work? What if they do it better than I do? Well, then you've done a great job. But the company's got to recognize you've done a great job, and they're going to find a place for this guy uh, or this woman. Um, it's and the bigger the corporation, the harder it is. But uh, and I've worked in some globals that it's a real struggle. But again, I'm I'm famous for saying, don't boil the ocean, boil a teacup. Start Would with you? one or two principles, processes, and and uh, and others in the organization in your department, work with them, fix what you can fix now, use them to improve and make it better, but use them, work together with them. Do it just to, don't boil the ocean, boil a couple of teacups. And then word gets out, you know, it worked, you know, yes. that process that's, is effective. It's product, that's productivity off the chart. And people are going to say, do that with me too. You know, well, that's, that's how my good friend Chuck Colson, well, he wasn't a good friend. I knew him. You know uh, Chuck Colson? I knew Chuck Colson. I worked. Did you really? I worked for for PFM and for the Colson. Did you really? Wow, wow. man! I'm I, impressed. I'm uh, not impressed. Of course, I'm not impressed. I'm humbled. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, his uh, his whole thought on Christian worldview and discipleship was he didn't use your teacup model, but he said 
win hearts and minds one person at a time. Yep. Is that yep. the church is the church isn't designed to take on the world, no. but it is designed to reach people one person at a time. And that's you know, I couldn't agree more. You know, and something that I'm I'm now jumping on hobby horses with the group that I'm working with, and they get maybe getting tired of it. I don't know. But I've, I've, I've said to them consciously, I do it, you do it, let's try to do it, let's experiment. Consciously, every day, every morning, say, Lord, I'm under new management. I'm under your authority. I've hung the sign around my neck that says, and my heart that says, I'm under new management. I want what you want. I am available today. Mm. Whatever, if it... Whatever that means, I'm available. Is it to hug somebody, to send them a good email, to give somebody a word of encouragement, to share the gospel, to whatever. Take somebody to the hospital, drive them to the supermarket. If you do it in the name of the Lord, that's the church getting out of the building. The, you know, Elvis left the building, the church has got to leave the building. Next week, I conclude my conversation with Dave Lutz. We talk about the necessity of church leaders, both pastors and church members, to be intentionally available for God to use them however he wants, whenever he wants. And we talk about his new book, Guidance, Goofs, and Grace. We do need your help in keeping the pastor's voice going. Please click on the support the show link to donate any amount. Please also subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It doesn't cost anything, but it really does help us. And if you have any questions about our podcast, would like to be a guest, or would like to become a sponsor, please email us at podcasts at thepastorsvoice.net. I'm Rule Sample. Thank you for listening.